Shut up and sit down. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Sunday night. That means we've got more news, news, and more depression this week because uh, the news is never good. It's always depressing because we live in a world where cognitive dissonance is the new normal, and therefore uh, it is it is what it is, you know. But um, hey. I'll tell some jokes. Try to lighten it up. Maybe. Maybe there's some jokes. Anyways, I've got a few things I gotta go over with you fine folks. Not that. You can find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. So if you want to find us on other platforms other than whatever you're watching us on now, if you're watching on Facebook, please like and subscribe us on Facebook under Not a Real Libertarian. Um, because YouTube hasn't tried to kick us off yet. Facebook is working diligently to do so. So go do that thing. People over politics. It is that time for the James Tarrier shout out. Uh, it is Tarrier for KY.com. T-O-L-L-E-R, the number four, K-Y.com. Tarrier for KY.com. People helping people. Because what is politics if it's not helping people? It's just cronyism. It's corporatism. It's disgusting. Chris By for Alaska's congressman. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Alaska has only one House rep seat. So it needs to go to Mr. Chris By um, and not some of the insane people that are looking for that seat. Uh, such as I can see Russia from my back porch, Sarah Palin. And uh, apparently there's a guy running in Alaska for that house seat. He has legally changed his name to Santa Claus, and he's promoting 100% government-controlled, socialized health care. So Santa is officially a socialist. Um, So if you live in the Alaska area, or you are, I guess nobody's close to Alaska if you're not in Alaska, but Go donate some money to uh, itstimealaska.com and just help the man out because he needs to win. Alaska needs that big W because it's Alaska. They lose all the time. They lose sunlight. They lose sleep. Uh, They lose at being the best state. So, you know, go help them out. What else we got here? We got notarealpodcast.com. Go look at the website. Uh, I try to keep it maintained as best I can. Um, I've, I need to add the new show on there. But uh, all the footage is there, nonetheless. Uh, the merch store is there. I need to get to merch store switched over to Crowd Return, who does fantastic work. Go to LikeNallyBruno.com, RedemptionTactical.com. Use that link right there that Miss Kaiser will be posting in the comments section. Um, that's our link that helps them help us help you know that we sent you there. Sure. See, Carden for Kern, Time Alaska. Yeah, for uh, if you want to help Chris uh, buy out, uh, go to, use the hashtag Chris for AK. It's the hashtag I created, uh, so it's not like the official hashtag, but you know, it's it's easy. It's simple. Chris for AK. 
Help him out. Where's that? Boom. There it is. RedemptionTactical.com. I think that's it. That's all of it. That's that's the whole kit and caboodle. That's the end of the show. Good night. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, we've got some really interesting stories this week. Uh, which one do we want to start with first? We're going to start with this one. So, there is a new report that's coming out, and this is like through the back channels. This is not, you're not, you're not going to see this in the major news channels. You're not going to see this. You're not going to turn on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News and see this coming out. Um, but this came from OAN, so take it how you will. But this report is saying that a jaw-dropping 769 athletes have collapsed while competing over the last year. Now, that's like a year and then some um, because not all sports ball teams play at the same time. So it's different time periods. But the average age of players suffering from a cardiac arrest incident is just 23, which is very, very low for heart complications, especially when you're an athlete performing at a very high level and these These people are performing at the highest level that they can perform at. Uh, So over the past year plus, athletes across the world have been dropping like flies as they compete in games. If they aren't passed out cold, they are seen gripping their chest in agony, unable to breathe due to sudden cardiac events that hit in the heat of competition. What has come out in the last year that could be possibly causing this? That we, that those of us who have been deemed tenfold hat conspiracy theorists have said would possibly come from this. Now, I didn't say that athletes would be dropping like flies, but we did know that a certain uh, liquid that would be injected mandatorily in a lot of places uh, was causing heart complications. Don't know what that could be. Anyways, this wave of heart issues is unprecedented, to say the least. Never before have we seen young, healthy, world-class athletes experiencing heart issues en masse like this. It has never happened, ever. Furthermore, the timing of the sweeping phenomenon could not be more relevant, coinciding perfectly with the rollout of the experimental COVID-19 vaccines. Ah. No, sir. Uh, tub for Jacks. It certainly could not be the the vaccines that were mandated almost globally. Um, it couldn't have anything to do with that. It couldn't coincide almost perfectly with this massive spike in uh, athletes who are passing out or dying on the field. It has nothing to do with. It, I'm sure, because uh, I'm I'm sure you know it couldn't be right. Like this COVID nineteen vaccine. It was in trial phases when it was mandated. There's no way that an experimental vaccine could cause these complications. No way, right? Like, we've never seen any side effect from any drug ever, especially if the FDA says you should take it. I mean, it's not like it's not like Tylenol and ibuprofen have side effects, which they do. Um, it's not like most prescription medications that they give you over the counter have serious side effects, which they do. Uh, imagine what a vaccine that has not been tested fully, that does not have long-term study research, that was lied about for a year plus. Imagine what could cause almost 800 athletes to pass out on the field or die. Couldn't be that vaccine, though. Uh, the the overlords and the oligarchs and kings, queens, whatever of the the world that deem your safety of the paramount interest of theirs, um, said that you should be forced into taking it. I'm sure that that couldn't have had side effects, and I'm sure that that vaccine could not have possibly caused these athletes to, to pass out. Um, in, in the same time span in which these athletes were dropping like flies, uh, vaccines were mandated and 
almost every major sports club in the world was saying that you are required by law or by our decree that you must have this in order to compete. You can't take steroids. But you can take this vaccine that we have no research on. Or you won't play. But don't take steroids. Don't take testosterone. That's bad. We know what testosterone will do to you. But we have no idea what this vaccine will do. So force it into your body, whether you like it or not, or find another job. No, they don't. No single FDA medication has side effects. There's also never any recalls or class action lawsuits or anything because the FDA is all knowing this is why we should trust the government 100%. The government knows the absolute best for you. That's why if you don't do what they tell you, they just kick your door in and fucking shoot you and your dog. Um, in December, nearly 300 athletes reportedly collapsed or suffered cardiac arrest after taking the COVID vaccines. Impossible. No way that could happen. Hashtag satire. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, but it gets worse thanks to a new explosive report by OAN uh, that pegs the number of affected athletes in the hundreds. In all, their investigation found a jaw-dropping 600, uh, sorry, 769 men and women who collapsed with heart issues during competition over the past year between March 2021 and March 2022. Most shockingly, the average age of those who experienced full-blown cardiac arrest was just 23. 23 is a very young age to be having heart complications, unless you've got a pre-underlying condition of heart complications, which most of these people by this point would know if they had heart complications or a heart issue or heart murmur, whatever. They would know by 23. If they're playing at a very, very high level, they would know by that point. However, uh, as we've seen people being forced these vaccinations, or they lose their livelihood, or their scholarships, or whatever. You're seeing athletes dropping like flies. These and these, these, it's not like these are people who are 400 pounds obese, overweight, and eat nothing but McDonald's and Burger King all day long and drink Diet Coke because it says diet on it. Uh, these are highly trained, you know, very in shape athletes that are that take very good care of their body. They maintain themselves very well because they want to perform at a high level. But yet, uh, because the government and their omnipotence knows better than you and your personal health, they mandated these vaccines and some organizations mandated them. So now we're seeing, unfortunately, 23-year-olds having heart attacks. From a vaccine. I mean, it couldn't be from the vaccine, right? There's no way it could possibly be from the vaccine, right? right, I'm going to cut out the shit. Uh, 100% it is from these vaccines. We know that it is. We've known for a while that it's caused heart uh, complications. We know that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine was recalled for a while because they were having to do more research because it was causing uh, blood clotting issues. And it turns out they didn't even fix it. The FDA just said Ah, fuck it. Sweep it under the rug. Keep pumping it out. So they did. Hashtag trust the science. Yes. Uh, it was more more accurately, it should be hashtag trust the dollar. The almighty dollar. Because that's what drove all of this. Vaccines were not forced out because of your health. They were forced out because someone somewhere is making an absolute killing on every single vaccine that is pushed out. And it's not you and it's not me. Someone somewhere at the FDA or at the government is making an absolute killing on this. And I guarantee you it's the lawmakers who have stock in these companies who are going to be getting massive kickbacks when they get out of office or contributions to their campaign funds. Which, for most people who don't know, uh, campaign funds do get sent to the candidate. They're paid uh, for their campaigning. So these massive donations that are going to their campaign aren't just staying for campaign use. They're paying their people. They're paying themselves. They're paying everybody. So when Pfizer and Pfizer dumps 
let's say six million dollars into Nancy Pelosi's uh pack for her reelection campaign, right? Where do you think that money's gonna go? How do you think she's become worth millions of dollars? It's not stock trading. She's not that smart. She's not that lucky either. And she's not doing it off a hundred and what is it, up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year salary now? No. She's not making it off of that. She's not buying two hundred and fifty thousand dollar refrigerators from stock trading. She's doing it because the money in the pack is going to her and paying her for campaign purposes. And it's not illegal. Not an ounce of it is illegal. What is illegal is insider trading, which we know that Congress is doing. Because when you're the one writing the legislation or voting on legislation that determines how companies will perform in the market, because I'm not even going to call it a free market because it's not a free market. It's not been for a long time. Especially when you mandate and select which companies are authorized to be a part of your mandated vaccine program or which companies are authorized to make test kits. So it's not about, it's not a free market, number one. Number two, and it's not about your safety. Obviously, because we're watching 769 athletes who are at the peak of their performance dropping like flies from cardiac issues. It's never been about the science. It's never been about your public safety. It's never been about anything other than somebody making a fucking killing off of you. You are essentially cattle that they are sending to the slaughter so they get rich. That's what it is. You put them in that office, and now they are slaughtering you for profit. And these are just the ones that they know about. These are the ones that they can prove are linked to vaccines because vaccines aren't public record. However, the federal government does keep a database on who's getting a vaccine and who's not. Government property. Yes, sir. Um, We are all government property until we get rid of the government. The government cannot have property if there is no government. So... It is insane. Like, I mean, it's a it, at minimum, it's a massive coincidence, which we should look into. However, we've also seen that the FDA has released uh, some of the Pfizer's paperwork, which is like what thirty pages on all the side effects coming from COVID vaccines. Moderna's the same way. Johnson Johnson the same way. Thirty pages of side effects. Thirty freaking pages. That's a lot. 30 pages is a lot. It's not like massive big text. You're talking like 12 point font single space. There are dissertations that are not even half that long. 30 pages is in freaking sane. It just marijuana is illegal in majority of the states of the United States. However, The vaccine is completely legal in every single state. We know that that marijuana has very little side effects. At most, it makes you hungry as shit and you eat everything in your refrigerator. But it's it's illegal in many states because they got to make the money. And if you do have a state where it's legal, it is taxed out the ass. But we know that marijuana has almost no side effects. The major, and also actually I should say this, the major side effect from legalizing marijuana will be that pharmaceutical companies will lose massive revenue. Their their profit margins will shrink massively. Because people won't need to go to a doctor and get a billion pills to treat their anxiety. They won't have to get a pill that treats the anxiety and then another pill that treats the side effects on the first pill or another pill and another pill and another pill and another pill and another pill. They will just be able to go smoke some weed, deal with their anxiety at home like an adult, and go about their business. They won't need the government's permission. 
and that's part of the problem. You won't get the government control over it, number one. And number two, their their buddies at Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson and all these other companies that are making massive amounts of money by force feeding kids drugs will lose money if weed's legal. Does it like I, I wanna I just wanna know from the comment section, how much money do you think has gone from the taxpayers into these companies uh, through Operation Warp Speed under Trump or just the cost of free COVID tests or free vaccines? If, if, if your estimate is below a billion dollars, you are insanely wrong. We are up to about $1.3 billion taxpayer dollars that we have funneled into these companies. $1.3 billion. And the death total in the United States has not gone down. It's only gone up the last three years. And that's not because of COVID. That's because hospitals shut down what they considered non-essential emergency surgeries. So people who weren't getting cancer treatments are dying or are dead. People who weren't getting heart treatments are dying or are dead. We've seen a massive spike in deaths from cardiac issues outside of COVID. We have seen a massive spike in deaths from cancer treatment uh, or the lack of cancer treatment. The top two killers in the United States year after year is uh, heart failure and cancer. That makes up for more than 1 million deaths a year. And those are the two that took the hugest, the biggest hit over the last three years because of government policy. COVID kills maybe, killed maybe what, 300,000 in, in the peak year. And we've seen it drop off massively. So we could have had another 800, de- uh, 800 deaths to the growing total of people who have died from the COVID vaccine. Uh, because as we know that it was what? approximately 40-something thousand, 50-something thousand have died from the vaccine. It's not a low number. 50,000 from a mandated vaccine. That is astro-freakonomical. So, more government intervention, uh, or it will be, because unions are essentially on a wing, like the, the activist wing of the Democratic Party. So the article is from Vox. So uh, please hold your vomit. Uh, America finally gets an Amazon union. Amazon. So the the headline is Amazon, uh, America finally gets an Amazon union. Yeah. Uh, and then the sub subheader is Amazon wanted to make former employee Chris Smalls the face of labor activism. He just handed Amazon its first U.S. union. Yeah. <clears throat> in one of the biggest worker victories in modern U.S. labor history, a majority of employees at an Amazon warehouse in Staten Island, New York, have voted to unionize with a worker-led union that didn't even exist a year ago. The election results marked the first time a majority of workers at an Amazon facility in the U.S. have voted to join a union. Just keep in mind that Staten Island is a heavy democratically-controlled area, so it is not a massive shocker. Workers at the warehouse of Staten Island, known as JFKB, Correction, JFK 8. <laughs> JFK 8 voted in favor of being represented by Amazon Labor Union or the ALU. The union captured 2,654 votes while 2,131 voted against. Another 67 ballots were contested by either Amazon or the union, but the margin of victory was greater than that the number of challenged ballots. So the results are final. Amazon has five business days to file any objections and said in a statement that it is considering doing just that. Unions stifle innovation and they stifle good employment. If you would like an example, I will gladly give you several. The greatest example of uh, innovation and employment stifling is and has always been 
the automotive industry in the United States. So when unions were introduced into the automotive production assembly uh, facilities in Detroit, Michigan, we've seen wages skyrocket to anywhere from around 50 to $100 an hour per hour. That is a freaking massive amount of money. Two things happened from that. Number one, the cost of living in that area skyrocketed because now people are making 50 to $100 an hour. So uh, property value goes up because now there's more there's more businesses coming in because they want to take that money that they're now getting and move it into their business. Because when you want to sell a product, you want to sell it to people who can buy it. So who can buy it? People are making 50 to $100 an hour and are working 40 hours a week. Number two, the second thing that happens, businesses can no longer afford, afford your employment. So what happens? Uh, are they going to cut into their profit margins? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, most companies are willing to take a little bit of a hit to their profit margins because they can make it up somewhere else. But when you're talking a massive uh, hit to your profit margins, and those profit margins aren't just like what's going to CEOs, right? Those profit margins have to fund R&D projects. They have to fund innovation. They have to fund the whatever that company is going to do over the next few years. People don't take that into account. like. What, what they consider a profit margin doesn't include, like that profit margin uh, is determined um, basically. So you take what the company brings in per year and then you subtract the, the cost of business, right? Like, so the power, the water bills, the, the paychecks, um, insurance costs, premiums, um, you know, that's for property. Uh, for you know, insurance premiums for the workers, um, paying out benefits, all these other things that they have to pay for day in, day out. That is not a part of the profit margin. You know what comes out of the profit margin? Innovation, research, R&D, things that they don't expect down the road, um, like a facility collapsing or major lawsuits, whatever, recalls, those things that comes out of the profit margin. When, when you shrink that profit margin to such an extent that they can't recoup those funds, and it is a business. A business is designed to make money. It's not a charity, right? Like a charity is not designed to make money. A business is. You don't go to work for free, right? Because you, you go to work so you can make money. The company exists so it can make money. Those unions in Detroit ran businesses out of Detroit. We've seen automotive manufacturers escape from Detroit because it was too expensive. They couldn't afford it. That's what happens when you allow unions to run rampant. Now, I'm not going to say that unions have always been useless. They, they actually did serve a great purpose in the, at the turn of the 19th century when we had kids working in factories, women who were working in factories, who were working at astronomical hours in, in horrendously unsafe conditions. But those days are gone. We don't see companies who are willing to to eat a lawsuit because of unsafe business practices, right? Like most companies actually exceed OSHA standards on their requirements for the employees. The, the place I work at, we're required to wear safety glasses even if something's not being worked on um, because OSHA standards says if you're working on something, you have to wear it. Our company says, no, if you're going to be in the shop, you have to wear safety glasses, period. We're not allowed to use torches. It's a safety hazard. All of these different safety parameters have to be met in order to work in the shop. Or to even just be in the shop, not even just work in the shop, to be in the shop. That exceeds OSHA standards. Why? They're not wanting to play kiss ass with OSHA. Yeah, they don't want the fine, right? They don't want the, the $10,000 per, per incident fine. They don't want the lawsuit because, once again, it is a business that is trying to make money. They don't want to get sued by an employee who gets hurt on the job because of unsafe business practices. So this idea that companies are just going to let you die is stupid unless it is a government contractor. 
I have seen more unsafe business practices at a facility that I worked at that is owned by the U.S. Army and operated by a government contractor. The reason those practices were so unsafe is because the facility, the buildings, and the equipment is all owned by the Army. If you are injured by that equipment, you have to sue the Army. What judge is going to go and sue or is going to what? find me a lawyer, first off. Find me a lawyer that will sue the U.S. Army. It is the DOD. They have an entire section of the DOD that is nothing but lawyers. And, yes, uh, the government doesn't follow the rules. Duh. Obviously. Because when you make up some arbitrary rule, you're not the one that's supposed to follow it, apparently. So, the the even OSHA, I, I worked there for years. OSHA never visited the site. Why? Because the Army wouldn't allow them. They would tell the director of OSHA, do not send your people here. We're not going to deal with them. Because they didn't want to. They didn't want to spend the extra money. Your taxpayer money, mind you, but they would much rather have people just die on site uh, and then just not deal with it. It was easier for them. It was cheaper for them. So you can't sue the Army. But you know who you, who you can sue? Your employer. Your civilian employer can 100% be sued. Most judges, if you look at stats uh, on a on a, a civil case, because that's what it would be. It wouldn't be a criminal case because you're not, you're, unless you're alleging negligence, right? Um, even then, it has to be a person. I don't think you can really file criminal charges against an entity. Unless it's like the mob, in which case it would be a RICO case, which is a whole other thing. Anyways, it'd be a civil case, so you can sue the entity for a monetary value. If you get injured, you can sue them. You don't need unions in modern day America. The working conditions are not immensely hazardous. And if they are, they put in massive stipulations on training and how to perform the job. They most companies are innovating at such a high rate to remove hazardous jobs that it's not going to be a problem here in 20 years. Most most companies are automating welding, especially for, for automotive. They're automating welding because welding is an immensely hazardous job. That's why welders get paid so much because it is very hazardous. Um, most companies are innovating to remove the hazards of the workplace. They're innovating to remove your job that is being unionized. Amazon Amazon innovates every single day to reduce the number of employees that they have to have. Guess what they're getting ready to fucking do? They're getting ready to innovate the shit out of your job and get your ass out of there. Because these unions will not stop until they are being paid, until, they're employ- until the people that are coerced into the union, which many people are, there are many states where you do not have the right to remove yourself from a union. If you are not a part of the union, you are forced out of companies many times. Even, even if it's not a law, unions will force you out if you do not abide by their rules. If you don't join them, they will force you out. It happens every day. The union is a cult. It really is. Ask people who are in unions. You really don't have a choice. Even if you join, you're bullied into like into shit that the union wants you to do. They will bully you into voting a certain way. Unions donate to Democrats every single day, whether you want them to or not. They don't care. They don't give a shit what you want. The unions are just as bad as the, as employers or worse. People who are clamoring for unions, the unions are typically worse than the company you work for. Unions are horrendous. I've I've been a member of a union. You ask them for help and they tell you to suck it up and kiss like kiss their ass. They don't care about you. They never will. As long as those dudes come in, pound sand. And now if you end up suing your employer with the union, guess who gets the majority of the money? Not you. The union typically will get around 70%. 25% of that goes to the lawyer that they keep on retention. The rest of it goes to the union. You get, if you're lucky, about 25 to 30% of whatever that lawsuit is. 
So if you get injured, you get 25 to 30% of the cost. That's if that even covers your medical bills, if it does. So we are going to see two things happen here in the United States. We're going to see Amazon innovate and remove many, many jobs because it is not going to be cost effective for them to have all these employees now. So congratulations, you played yourself Staten Island. And number two, prices will inevitably go up even more. Inflation has caused prices to skyrocket. However, uh, Amazon prices are getting ready to go up or, or the quality of the products are getting ready to go down. More than likely, it's going to be the cost of the products going up. The cost of delivery is going to go up. Unions don't just stop at one location. They will, it's like herpes. It'll just spread as fast and as quickly as it can. And you can't get rid of it. Once that union is embedded, I have never heard, personally heard of a union that has been removed from a job site. Because they brainwash people into thinking they need them. It's like government. A union is exactly like government. They make you believe that you need them more than they need you. And then at the end of the day, they do the same shit. They don't care until it's time to pay your dues or if you're not paying them. Or it's time to recruit new people. And once they get those recruits, sorry, bud. Good luck. Workers at the warehouse in Staten Island. Let's see, I've already read that. Uh, the objections, yep. We're disappointed with the outcome of the election in Staten Island because we believe having a relationship with the company is best for our employees, the statement added. So when you have an, when you have an agreement between an employee and an employer, that employee can then negotiate with the employer for extra benefits or a pay raise. Guess what you can't do when you have a third party, like a union? You can't negotiate directly with your employer. The union operates as a collective. That's how they get their power. They use mob rule to force a company into doing whatever they want you to do. Unions negotiate contracts every single year or bi-yearly, whatever. Like, depends on how the, the contracts are set up. Typically, most unions operate on a yearly contract. So they sit down with the company at one point in the year. They'll say, hey, we want this, this, and this. The company will say, no, we'll give you this. We won't give you this. We're going to reduce this. We'll give you this. And they argue and argue and argue until the, an agreement is made. Usually at the detriment of the employee. The union will get more. The employer, the employer will pay less or pay lesser than what the union wanted. And the employee gets screwed. Employees in a union-based system cannot go to their boss and say, hey, I'm working harder than this guy. I need a raise. The union will stop you and prevent you for ask, from asking for that raise. Because that guy over there, who is useless in his job, who doesn't do his job correctly, is protected from firing from the employer and will get the same raise that you get every single year. Every single year. And in many unions, a new hire, no, so no raises will be given to any employee until the new hire reaches the same pay grade as everyone else. So if they hire someone, you have to wait until that person gets their raises until they meet you, your, like your level of pay. So the guy who's been working at that factory for seven years will now make the same amount of money as the guy who's been there six weeks. Where's the equality in that? I mean, realistically, the guy who has more experience about the facility, who has seven years of experience at the facility, is now making the same amount of money as the guy who's walking in off the street. Where is the equality in that? The guy who's earned his way to a higher paycheck. Where is his equality? Where is his justice, right? Unions aren't about equality. They're about socialism. They're about equity. They're about making everyone equal. So... To do that, to make everyone equal, they take from some and give to others. If you wanted to make everyone the same height on the planet, you would have to cut some of the legs off of some people to give to others. That's how equity works. Equality is you give everyone the ability to make what they will make. 
you remove the union and you let the good workers make more money and you let the junk workers make less or not even work there. Unions protect bad actors. They do. You want another example of, an, a, of a failed union? Teachers unions. Teachers unions protect bad teachers. Police unions protect bad cops every single day. You know who the biggest proponent against ending qualified immunity is? Police unions. Police unions hate the idea of removing qualified immunity because they don't want to be at risk of of the actions that they take. Unions do not benefit the American public. They benefit two people. They benefit the union. And I'm not talking about members of the union. I'm talking about the paid employees of the union. uh, Unions have employees. There are people that work specifically for the union. You've got an area rep that's paid by the union. You've You've got a head of the union. That person's paid. They're not doing that shit for free. They're getting paid buku money. They're getting paid CEO money. You've got lawyers that work for the union. Paid for by the union. Unions are not your friend. They never have been and they never will be. Do not fall into this trap of, oh, well, unions pay better. Yeah, they do, typically. But the facilities that unions are in are typically horrendous. Working conditions are hostile because people know that in a union you can't be fired. So why would you work harder? When there is no monetary benefit, when there is no societal gain, why? Why would you? I wouldn't. If I had, if if my job tomorrow said, "Hey, we're joining this union," uh, so no, now everyone gets paid the same. Why would I work harder? I'll do the bare minimum to keep my job, bare minimum, because if that's all I got to do to to get a raise every year because most unions will end up getting a raise or some kind of beneficial gain. Why would I work harder? I know I'll get the raise. They're not they're not going to give everyone else a raise but me because that's how the union works. So why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I do bare minimum? So congratulations uh, and my condolences, Amazon, as we see more and more of these unions come into place with Amazon, we will see the death of the largest corporate entity, one of the largest corporate entities in the planet. Uh, and you can complain about Jeff Bezos all you want. You can say he's a dickhead, he's a piece of shit, he's too rich, whatever. Amazon has benefited the lives of millions, hundreds of millions of Americans every single day, providing cheap products to your door same day or within two days. That is a benefit to many Americans especially those who aren't able to leave their home, either because of branch COVID and fear or because of actual genuine medical concerns because they are like, hey, I've got a heart murmur. I can't go out. I'm on new medication. I don't want to drive to the store. I might pass out and die. I'll order it on Amazon. But no, we will now see. Thank you to the unions and to Democrats across the country who support these horrendous unions who pad their fucking pockets every single day. Uh, We will now see the death of Amazon. So congratulations. Uh, Amazon has maybe 10 good years left in it before it really hits the decline. More stupidity. Uh, from Democrats. Jen Psaki says, student loan borrowers likely to have to pay debt sometime. I'm going to answer a question here from the comments. Outlaw Barber, am I going to Reno? Yes, I've already purchased my tickets, my my airline tickets to go to Reno. Uh, I'm still debating on whether or not I want to buy like the event tickets. Where I'm a where I'm a state delegate, I, I guess technically I don't need to, but I'm debating on whether or not I want to buy it. Um, I may just I might buy the cheap one and just be done with it. But yes, I will be in Reno through the 25th and 30th. 
I went to you there, hang out with me, get a picture, you know, we'll bullshit. I'll hang out with anybody. I don't care. Be, it'd be good to see a lot of people I've not been able to meet yet. So hopefully you'll be there, but So back to uh, another Biden administration law. If we all remember, Joe Biden promised to cancel many student debts while he was in office. I believe it was up to $50,000 is what he said. He'll cancel $50,000 in student debt while he's in office. Hasn't done it yet. He's really not even tried to. Why is that? Well, because banks make good money on interest. And if he just wipes his slate clean, because federal student loans would be the ones that he would cancel, number one. So FAFSA, the Federal Aid, F-A-S-F-A, Federal Student Financial Aid, something like that is what it is. Um, that those would be the the loans that he could cancel because they are federally backed, but they are they're backed by the federal government, but they're run through banks. Banks are still giving out the loans. The federal government just said, "Ah, put it on my tab," or "We'll sign for them," or "We'll co-sign for them." That's what it is. They're saying, "We'll co-sign for them." We're thirty trillion dollars in debt. Our credit's good. So Joe Biden promised on the campaign trail to eliminate student debt, which I don't personally agree with. I have student debt. My wife has student debt. I pay on my student debt. Not a lot because bills suck and gas has gone up, but I pay. I'm paying my my monetary obligation to a lender that gave me money for an education that I'm not using. That's my fault. That's not their fault. That's not the government's fault. It's my fault. I picked an IT degree, and it doesn't pay enough for me to do it. So I do other things. I make it work. But you're not entitled to student relief. But I'm just pointing out the hypocrisy of the Democrats in this situation, specifically Joe Biden, for saying that he was going to cancel student loan debts. But he's not. So what has happened, and as I will get into in this article, Um, I'll just read it. I'll read it, and we'll go through it, and I'll rant a little more. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said on Sunday that she suspects student loan borrowers will have to start paying the debt at some point during the Biden administration. Holy shit, people pay their debts. I suspect that sometime you will, but again, we are going to continue to assess every month, every few months, on where things stand, both looking, of course, at COVID. Excuse me but also economic data and where we need to continue to help give the American people some breathing room. Saki said on Fox News Sunday. The Biden administration formally unveiled a fourth extension on the monthly loan payments and interest last week, pushing the date to August 31st. The White House also announced plans to expunge the defaults of millions of student loan borrowers who fell behind before the pandemic to allow these payers to have a fresh start. He's not eliminating the debt. He's basically, they're, they're uh, taking the default and they're canceling it, but the, the money is still owed. They're just not in default anymore. So instead of being in default and owing all the money up front, now they're going to re-enter into a payment program. So you still pay the money. You still have that interest that you accrued before you went into default. Now you just, you're back into paying it. Here is the insane thing about federally backed student loans. You cannot file bankruptcy on those because you are not the only signer on those. The federal government is the signer, and the federal government has not declared bankruptcy and will not declare bankruptcy because so so because it's federally backed, you cannot file bankruptcy and erase your federal student loan. You can't. It's a trap, and it's a it's it's it really is a trap. Once you're in the system, you're fucked. You cannot get rid of the student loans without paying them off. That's it's that's the cut and dry of it, right? 
So President Joe Biden's latest extension fell short of a range of Democrats' calls for the administration to continue the pandemic, the pandemic relief for borrowers through at least the end of the year. After the November midterm elections, beyond the pause, there's growing pressure on Biden to use executive authority to el- eliminate at least 10000 in student debt for every borrower, which is 40000 short of what he promised. I hope he doesn't do any of it. But he promised 50000 And why do you think Democrats are pushing for him to push all of this back beyond the elections? Do you think maybe it has something to do with if people are now paying their student debts again? They're worried they're going to lose their, their seats? Yeah. They're using your money to win their elections. They're saying, hey, we won't charge you for a debt that you accrued if you would vote for us. Does that seem like fraudulent at all? I mean, how do you promise someone else's money? Because the federal government doesn't own money, right? It's the Federal Reserve. And then the federal government doesn't own your student debt the banks do so it's your debt to a private bank with money that is owned by the federal reserve how how have we gotten into this mess how have we gone so deep into the bullshit hole that the federal government is now using your taxpayer debt or your taxpayer money to promote elections that they want to win as a party in November. This isn't benefiting the American people. It's not. It's just masking damage. Because we're seeing certain trends in the housing market right now. Prices are starting to come down. And they're coming down the same way they did the last time the market crashed. And when that market crashes, guess what? All A that you're going to get is fucking gone. You're not going to get student debt relief. You're not going to get uh, the erasure of $50,000 in student debt. You're not going to get it. You know why? Because those banks are the same ones that are backing his campaign, that are pushing him. To not do this right now. So when when all of this comes crashing down. Those banks are going to need that money. And they're not going to support. Any campaign or candidate or president. Whatever. That is wiping out debt. Because when you wipe out debt. You don't get interest. Banks make money off of interest. That's why. Banks were in massive support. Of federally backed loans for unqualified homeowners. People who are buying houses who weren't qualified to buy those houses. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't buy houses. But if you don't financially have the income to buy a house, you shouldn't buy a house. You shouldn't change the stipulations or the rules or the metrics just to make it look good on paper. Because you want more black Americans to own homes. Because you know what that does? That puts them in a financial strain when the market collapses or it causes the market to collapse because of subprime mortgages that the federal government backed. We're going to see the same thing happen. And it's not, it wasn't a one-off. They'll tell you it's a one-off. It's not a one-off. It will happen again. We're going to see it with, with federal student aid. We're going to see it with homes. We're going to see it with everything. Because every time the government gets involved, It crashes. It comes tumbling down horrifically, and people die and starve because of it. That's what they're good at. They're good at screwing every American all at once. And it doesn't matter if it's Republicans or Democrats in office. They screw all of us equally. I shouldn't say they screw us equally. Some people get screwed more than others. But we get screwed. We all get screwed. Unless you're the rich, um, in which case, you know, you're already so deep into the government that they ain't going to do anything to screw you. 
You should read The War Bugs by John Cheneau to better understand the mindset of a central banker. It's horrific. Uh, I'm not. Uh, the belief in government and authority is a death cult. It is. It really is. The only murder cult that exists on this planet is government. Period. They will kill you and your dog and your wife and kids just to keep a little bit of power. That's all. It, it doesn't matter. They will murder you in cold blood to keep their secrets. They would kill Edward Snowden today if they had the ability. They would murder him. They would shoot him dead in the street if they had the ability to. But he's being protected right now by Russia, which a lot of people have forgotten. That Russia gave Edward Snowden sanctuary. Now, they didn't do it because they thought that, you know, uh, information about the government should be free. Because, eh, as we've seen, Russia doesn't actually care about free information because they're keeping the war in Ukraine very quiet to their own people. However, the Russians are protecting Snowden, so I give them props on that. But it's only because they hate the U.S. government. Not as much as me. I hate the U.S. government probably more than the Russians do. But I digress. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to call it a night. We're almost about an hour, about 56 minutes in. So I'm going to leave you with with something feel good. Let's do something feel good. Um... Every dark situation has a way out, right? It may not be the situation you want, but it's a situation. It's a it's a solution uh, that you can you can have to get out of something. Um, you may be impoverished, and you want more monies to get out of that situation to do something better. You know, maybe maybe living to a more suitable means is a better way to live your life. Cutting out luxuries. The only things you you need in life to survive is food, water, and shelter. You don't need a you don't need the newest cell phone. Unfortunately, in today's era, you really kind of do need a cell phone. Hey, phones are gone. If you break down, you need somewhere to contact somebody if you need to. But live to your means. You know, just not you don't you don't need a brand new car every three years. I drive a ninety nine F one fifty. It's it's much cheaper than buying a new car. I don't have a truck payment, but I, I fix it semi-regularly. Still cheaper than a vehicle payment. Be nice to somebody. You know, there's if someone's being an absolute cock to you or being a just dickhead, be nice to them. Maybe they're having a bad day. You know, maybe maybe someone else was a dick to them. That's why they're being a dick to you. Be nice to them. Smile at them. Tell them to have a nice day. Just be nice. Kill them with kindness, you know. Maybe that fixes their day. Maybe, or maybe they're just a dick in general. And maybe, maybe you being nice to them teaches them a lesson to be nice to people. Probably not, but I don't know. It'll make you feel better. It'll make you feel like a better person. Um, when I have someone that comes in that's an absolute asshole, I smile at them and I'm nice to them. Because it makes me feel good because I get to make them look like a bigger asshole because I'm still smiling and I get to I get to make them look like a complete and utter idiot to anyone around. So it makes me feel good because I get to be an asshole by being nice to that person. Do it for whatever reason you want to. Just be nice to somebody. Live to your means. If you live way below your means, Donate some money to some of these campaigns like uh, like NellieBruno.com, uh, it's TimeAlaska.com. Uh, use uh, hashtag Chris for AK. Also, tune in tomorrow night for Liberty 101, our newest show on the network. This will be episode two. Tune in tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time. Wednesday night, we still got another real veteran. Will and Braxton, they do that show sometimes when they when they can get off work and do it. Thursday night we've got uh we've got not a real libertarian podcast and we've got um what is his name I've been talking to him all week I forgot his name Matthew Whitlock from up in Maryland 
He'll be on the show Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time. So tune in all of our shows every night of the week. Uh, I mean, it's not every night, but every night that we're on. Tune in those. Go to YouTube. Follow us. Uh, like, subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notification bell. Uh, follow us on every platform possible. Because eventually we will start getting nuked off of them. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this will be the episode that does it. Maybe that maybe maybe me talking bad about COVID vaccines in a snarky way will get us banned off everywhere. It's a good not real libertarian podcast. That's where the episode will be uploaded here in a minute. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you all. Good night, good liberty, and you're not a real libertarian. Peace out.